as women, we're told that we can have it all, but we still have to make a sacrifice. There may be a time when you're sacrificing for your family and your career is on hold, but there's always going to be that time to go back to your career and you can do it before, you can do it after, you can do it any way that works for you. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to worry about what anyone else is doing. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and I'm joined here today by Dr. Paula Marfia, the Nocturnus Lead Physician for the Department of Hospital Medicine at Loyola University Medical Center in Maywood, Illinois. Dr. Marfia is involved in medical school education and resident interviews, and she's a physician mom of three kids, the first of whom was born when she was a medical student at St. Louis University. I'm excited to be here with you, Paula, to hear about your experience. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, let's dive right in. I'm curious to hear about your experience as a woman physician and mom and how you made the choice to become a nocturnist. Sure. I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a doctor. I had this idea of service to others. And I just remember like when I was a little kid, I had trouble learning to read. I didn't learn to read till I was in second grade. And this idea of being smart really got to me. And I felt like when I went to the doctor, the doctor knew what was going on. They had the answers to everything. And so that really appealed to me growing up. And then as I kind of learned what medicine was, and as I, you know, did find that I excelled in school, you know, I thought that that was the path for me. I liked the idea of getting some respect. What I kind of found out is medicine is a totally different world than what I thought it was going to be, especially as being a mom. I only thought about being a doctor. I never thought that I was going to be a mom and get married. I'm not sure why I never thought about that, but I found myself in medical school and I found the love of my life. And so we got married and then it was just like, okay, well now my road's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different. Most people don't have children in medical school. Most people don't get married in medical school. Some do. It's not uncommon. But because we decided to get married in the middle of medical school, my husband was in the military. So we were in St. Louis. So we ended up going up to Great Lakes Naval Base. So my family's up here. So we're like, okay, fine. So I got into Loyola, which was kind of a dream of mine. So I'm here at Loyola. And then I start, we move, big whirlwind. And then all of a sudden oh, well, I'm sorry, I need some time off, I'm gonna have a baby. So I was so worried, but it was very enlightening and very nice that at Loyola, the first thing that the dean said to me was not like, you know, we just let you in and now you're gonna need maternity leave. It was, well, would you like to take an extra year off? Like you can finish if you want, but you know, what do you want? And so that was kind of a really, you know, good experience. And so kind of as I went through and finished medical school, had extra time. My focus was how am I going to raise my kids and be a doctor? And I'm like, I want to have another kid. Well, I didn't want to have a child in residency. So I decided that I would have a baby as soon as I was done with residency. And I was like, well, how am I going to have a job? So I was, I would be asking, well, is there any kind of part-time work or, and they're like, no, not really. That's not, that wasn't an option back in was it 2008 or so? And so they're like, well, you know, we are looking to hire people to work nights part-time. And so I was like, okay. They're like, you have to admit three patients and just answer the nurse's phone calls. I was like, 
heck, that's nothing. Residency was like 10 times worse than that. So I kind of took it as just an easy way to be able to work, keep up my skills and concentrate on my family. And it ended up being that that position just flourished and it changed over time. And now it's just a much bigger position. And so it's allowed me to have that flexibility that I want and, you know, be there for my children. You never know what kinds of things life is going to throw at you. And so you kind of pivot as things happen. And, you know, I had different issues with my children that I felt I needed to address. And so it allowed me to be that primary caregiver and I didn't have to give it off to other people. Although at the same time, I had my family nearby, I had a supportive husband and my parents would babysit. They would help take the kids to different things. They would help me out. But I also was able to be the mom that I wanted to be and then also be a doctor. It does sound like a really unique way of finding a solution that meets everything you're trying to do. And actually, you've mentioned a lot of things that I'm really interested in. The first of which is that you had your first child when you were a medical student. And that is when I had my kids as well. And, and I had a similar experience. And I think that's kind of one well-kept secret, or I don't know, maybe it's not a secret. Maybe people do that all the time. Now, at the time when I was a medical student, I was one of two people in my medical school class who had children during medical school. And they were really helpful and were very flexible about it. And it sounds like you had a similar experience. And the nice thing is when you're a medical student, you're not really affecting anyone else's schedule or path other than your own. So if you choose to take some time off, you just finish a little bit later and it doesn't cause you that added stress of being a resident where you're taking time off and someone else is having to compensate for that because of the way we have our system set up. So it sounds like you figured out a way to balance everything professionally with what you wanted to be as a mom and as a physician. And one thing I'm curious about is over the years when you were managing both, how did you do your schedule so that you could actually work all night and then still be present for your kids during the day? Sure. So the one key was just planning and scheduling appropriately. So the nice perk about being a nocturnist was I get to make my schedule. So there's three of us. So three of us, we have to cover all the nights. And so they just expected it was, you know, it's 10 nights a month. So there are lots of days that I'm home. So those days that I'm home, I am free to do all the activities that I need to with my kids. So then I just need to plan the days that I'm not working. I was very lucky that my dad retired from teaching right around the time when, you know, I needed him to start watching the kids. My mom started going to work. My dad stayed home. And so he, they helped me watch my kids. So I would come home. I would take the kids to my parents' house and then I would sleep at their house. And then I would get up and unfortunately, you know, multiple things happening at the same time, I would get up, I'd get five or six hours of, you know, solid sleep. And then I was able to, you know, get up and do things for a few hours and then go to work. Oh, that's Um, tremendous. (laughs) If you've got, if you got family nearby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the key. Otherwise, you know, just delegating and having someone else there, like I would have had to have a nanny or have some sort of daycare on those days. And I know a lot of my colleagues do do that, but my husband and I, we just, we wanted to be able to work out a way that we could take care of our children and we weren't relying on other people 
and relying on family was a good thing. It's really nice to have family. Otherwise, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have found a way. Everyone finds a way to do it, but it just made my children have a great relationship with their grandparents. And, you know, it worked out. People ask me all the time, are you sure you want to keep doing nights? I'm like, this is the way that I found to make it work. There's other ways to make it work, but this is one option that if you are the right kind of person to work nights, then it may be the best option for you to be able to take care of their kids. Nurses do it all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. And I love that as an option that I certainly never really thought of. And I think it's great for people to hear about all these different ideas of ways to make it work so they can choose what works best for them. And honestly, the idea of moving somewhere where you're closer to family is another thing that I did not do, but I could definitely see how that would be a huge advantage. And for those who don't do that, finding reliable daycare or a nanny, you know, absolutely with a backup plan would be necessary for sure. But 10 days a month, would be a very doable, you know, amount of time to set that up so that you still have valuable time with your kids. So either way, it sounds like a great alternative idea. And I'm also curious from what you mentioned to hear about being in a dual physician relationship and how that has affected your career and how you guys have figured out how to balance that. So It was very helpful for me to be able to work nights because I had my husband during the day. So he's a dentist, so he's also in the medical profession, but it's not quite as rigorous. He did have his own practice for a while, and so that did make it hard. He'd be gone all day, but he has the flexibility where he can start work at 9 or 10, which kind of goes with the kind of person he is. He'd rather sleep in, work a little bit, and work a little bit later, so we were able to balance When I get home, he goes to work. And then when I go to work, he's home with the kids. And so it was just making sure that we, you know, coordinated that way. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not nice to have time when there'd be whole days when I wouldn't see him. But we had those other days of the week. We had those other 20 days. And so that was just being a hospitalist affords people that opportunity. Even if you're not working nights, working days, you do have time at home. So it makes it much more doable to have that, to quote unquote, have it all, (laughs) have your career and also be able to have a family and do those things that you see everyone else around you doing. Have you found some hacks along the way that make balancing work and life outside of work easier? Yes, I've had to find a lot of hacks. I wish I knew about some of them a little bit earlier, but the first thing that I've kind of learned over time, and I didn't have these hacks like early on, but now I know that I had to stop and reflect and learn about myself. So I had to know what kind of a person I was. When am I at my best? When am I not so good? And just to know when I can do things and when I can't. And then I just had to look at time differently. I'm always thinking as I'm growing up, as I'm in high school, as I'm in medical school, I don't have enough time. There's not enough time. I need more time. But we all only have a finite amount of time. And so I started thinking about time as well. Really, there's 168 hours in a week. When you say it that way, it's like, oh, okay, if I sleep eight hours a night, that's still 112 hours left to do things. So then, you know, okay, what are the things that I have to do? And I just took an assessment of what am I spending my time on? What am I spending my time on that I don't want to spend my time on? 
how can I maximize the hours of a day that I do have so that I can do what I want to do and start taking things out. So just really sitting down and actually planning, having a planner, having an organizational system, you just have to find a few different things that work for you. So, I mean, I listen to podcasts about organizing and about planning and productivity and, and all those things. And as I knew who I was, I was able to pick out the things that, oh, this might work. And it's just trial and error. I read a book, and it was just writing down what you do every single day and looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, I'm spending three hours watching TV. Like, I don't even want to watch that show. Yeah, that's brilliant. The mind shift. Mm -hmm. The amount of time that you put in to get organized in that way would pay off in spades. So it's a real investment. And that's a brilliant way of looking at it. I love that. I also looked at priorities. What were my priorities? I did because I wanted to have that full family life. I did put my career a little bit more on the back burner than maybe I would have liked. And had I known some of these you know, things, I might have enacted them sooner. But it was just nice to say, you know, my priority is my family. And now that my kids are growing up, now I can and I am starting to concentrate more on my career right now. And some women can start their career and then they have their kids and that's when they, you know, take their break. But as women, we're told that we can have it all, but we still have to make a sacrifice. There may be a time when you are sacrificing for your family and your career is on hold, but there's always going to be that time to go back to your career and you can do it before, you can do it after, you can do it any way that works for you. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to worry about what anyone else is doing. I would always spend so much time worrying about, well, gosh, this person is younger than me. They are already have a leadership position. And I have to remind myself, you know, that's not where I'm at right now, but I can get there. I just am doing it a different way. Absolutely. And there is so much flexibility in a medical career to allow us to be able to do that. And during the time that you are stepping back, but continuing to work, you say that you're making a sacrifice and in some ways you are, but you're also building experience so that when you do come back and you're ready to really grow your career, you have a wealth of experience that you've acquired over that period of time, which as a physician, I think is really valuable. So in the long run, it bodes well for the field of medicine as more and more women come to that position with or without kids. And so I'm curious, how do you advise the medical students and residents that you work with? Well, there's a lot of pressures for residents and medical students to do a lot more, even than when I was in medical school, to get into residency. They want you to have research, maybe some publications, given a poster presentation to be involved in groups. And I just want people to step back, reflect, are you doing what you want to do? You don't have to do it all. Know yourself first, organize, plan, make sure that you've got a good baseline for yourself and just take time for yourself and figure out what you want. It's going to be different for everyone. Don't worry about what other people are doing and lean on whatever supports you do have, whether it be your family, if they're there, if they're not there, delegate things to other people. I mean, it's kind of hard to have someone come clean your house, but 
let's say you do have children in a family, you learn to give your children, this is something that you're going to do. Your job is to do the dishes and I'm going to do this. And you just find ways to involve everyone so that you still have time to do the things that you want to do. Don't totally sacrifice yourself for what you're doing in medicine. You need to keep your energy up. You need to keep yourself filled. Otherwise you will just burn out in medical school. You'll burn out in residency. Absolutely. Put the mask on yourself first because everyone else is depending on you to keep doing what you're doing. So you've got to know yourself first. And I love that. Organize, plan, and keep in mind that it is going to be different for every single person. Is there anything that you would do differently if you had to do it all over again? Well, I know I definitely having my son in medical school was probably the best blessing. So I would say like, if you do want to have kids, that is not off the table. The other thing that I think I would have done differently is that I would have carved out a little bit more time to work a little bit on career. I, for instance, never went to a conference. I've been a hospitalist since 2008, and I'm finally going to my first conference. And I've been able to start getting opportunities just by that. Instead of working nights, you are a little bit isolated. You are a little bit on your own. But when an opportunity does present itself, I would just, I can't do that because I need to do this or that for my family. And instead, maybe, you know, it was a little thing, just jumping into a little thing because I kind of waited and didn't do that much to start a career. And I'm starting now and I feel a little bit late and I feel like I could have done just some little things. It didn't have to be anything big, but I could have taken a little bit of an opportunity and maybe I would have not waited until I was you know, 45 years old in a hospital for 10 years before I started thinking about what is my passion and what kind of a mark do I want to make on medicine and what do I want in my career? Well, I can't wait to see what you do next now that you're beginning to focus in that direction. So I hope you'll stay in touch with me and keep me posted. And I am so grateful for you taking the time to come here and talk. I think that all of your experiences that you've shared and your advice is extremely valuable. So thank you so much, Dr. Paula Marfia. Thank you. We want to remind you that if you do want coaching support right now, all you have to do is go to docworking.com. And you can check out our coaching opportunities for you to get a certified coach who is experienced in working with physicians. Also, if you're not on our newsletter yet, you got to get over to docworking.com today and sign up. That's how you find out about all kinds of offers and resources that we have available to you. So until next time, thanks so much for being with us here on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.